This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets uh, put in a tough week this week, volatile as well, sharply higher, sharply lower. We're going to end the week on a down note. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On thinks economic concerns is one of the big market drivers. You know, we have debt ceiling talks right now, and it sounds like they are not going well. It sounds like we're going to have some major issues between the two parties trying to come together. And so I think you have those economic concerns around the market. We have a Federal Reserve that continues to want to fight inflation, which also means food inflation. So we have that as well. And then you come in here and you have managed money that's being aggressive sellers. So we need to see kind of that selling pressure stop. And Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp is watching what happens to Russian grain prices. Camp says Russian prices right now are pressuring all of the global prices. The key is that we haven't seen a true response in Russian cash grain prices uh, rebounding at this point. That's what it's going to take, whether we have an export corridor or not. If uh, Russian wheat prices in particular are still as as cheap as they've been, uh, then we're not going to have this prospect of better exports flowing into the U.S. uh, as has been hoped. Country Futures market analyst Daryl Holliday says there's also been talk of wheat imports coming into the U.S. I think the bigger factor is there's been, there was some talk overnight or late yesterday of at these price levels and some European wheat offers being offered in the East Coast at significantly lower the U.S. prices. And boy, you start talking about importing wheat in the United States, that's that doesn't that gets the market very nervous. Just like when the beans, you know, we started talking about moving Brazilian beans in the United States, which we did some. Uh, it had made it gets the market in some trouble. So I think that's mostly, but we've pretty well, I think we've exhausted some of the selling for a bit. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops said poor demand pressures the grain markets, but tight supply and good demand continues to support the cattle market. Cattle market continues to move higher. Again, that's a fundamental uh, supportive feature type market where uh, tight supplies, decent demand is, is giving us strength in the markets and a certainly appears like the cash trade this week is going to come in stronger. Um, Packers are not, I can't say it's a bullish kill because I want to see 650,000, 660,000 head kills each week. That's a real bullish number. We're going to be probably close to 640,000 like we were last week. And that's that's a decent number. It does tell us that the Packers need a little bit of uh, inventory and they have to bid up to do that. And Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo said the livestock markets took profits uh, Friday afternoon ahead of the Catalan feed report. Yeah, I think we are taking some profit. I, I will be interested to see what the April placements show because they're up there around 96.3 on average. High number, almost 100. Low number, down around 92. I'm more on the low end of the range because of the improvement in the pasture uh, areas, especially of Oklahoma and some of those other plain states. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the placements say. On feed numbers, they need to be um, at least 96 or below, in my opinion. Top end is 97. I think if we go above 97 on feed on, on the uh, report numbers, those feeder cattle may be due for a correction. The National Oilseed Processors Association, or NOPA's April Crush Report, says its its processors crushed 173.2 million bushels in April. It's about a million bushels below the average trade gas and down from the March crush of 185.8. However, it is still the largest April crush on record. That's a look at markets. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Randy Conan.
Proceed Experience is the people that we're working with, the hands-on. Uh, we're not a super large company, but we're a hands-on uh, dealing with customers. I know most of these fields because of the time I've been covering this area. In many cases, I've covered with up to the third generation of operators on the farm, from grandpa down to the, to the son that's being handed over to now, and we build our business on service. You take care of the customer and they take care of you. Need seed? Think Proceed. Proceed.net. Great seed at a reasonable price. Be listening for the Sugar Beet Report every Thursday at 12.50 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Each week, we'll talk with industry representatives, agronomists, and extension specialists and get the latest update on the Sugar Beet crop. The Sugar Beet Report, every Thursday at 12.50 during Agriculture Today. The Sugar Beet Report, brought to you by Sess Vanderhoff, Bayer Crop Science, H&S Manufacturing, and Amity Technology. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Russia has confirmed that the Black Sea Grain Initiative has been extended for two months. Russia had threatened to quit the arrangement unless a list of conditions were met to counter the effect of imposed sanctions after Russia sent its armed forces into Ukraine. It's not clear yet whether any of the demands have been secured. In a webinar hosted by the Northern Crops Institute, John Stewart and Associates Principal Kevin Clausen said Russia's short extension of the Black Sea Grain Initiative is strategic. I think Russia made their move going from 120 days down to 60 days last go-round. They knew that that caused massive uncertainty. So when you're able to cut that down to 60 days, what that essentially does is it only gives you 30 days of certainty. Nominating vessels, getting in position to go in there takes you 30 days to do that. So I think Russia's move is, is going to continue to extend it on very short-term basis to try to really constrain the efficiency and the productivity uh, for all the participants in that supply chain. It, it appears to me they are strategically trying to cause choke points uh, at every point from the length of the extension to their inspection process with Turkey. Clausen also said that while sanctions would apply pressure on Russia, it may not be very effective. On the surface, you would think it would be significant, but I think there's enough relationship with China and others that are dependent on their supply to provide the support that they need. So I think we should assume that Russia has enough allies from a food security standpoint um, to get the support that they need. That's obviously a risk, but I don't think it's a meaningful risk today because I, I think they have enough partners that are dependent on their food supply to help them get what they need. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz signed the agriculture and broadband bills into law. Minnesota Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson says the bill contained over $48 million of funding. Well, it was uh, really good to have the gov Governor Walls on, uh, on the Hannah Bernhardt and Jason Farm on, uh, in Finlayson, Minnesota, and in Pine County, a home where, where I live and my farm is, so it was really nice to have them here, along with uh, the chairs, Senator Putnam and Representative and Chair Sam Bang, as well as many of our stakeholders from Farmers Union, Farm Bureau, Corn Growers, and many other organizations as we celebrated signing the budget bill, which invests $48 million in new money in the next two years for things like soil health, biofuels, livestock processing, a grain indemnity account. So really good to celebrate that. One important part of the egg bill is the grain indemnity fund. 
Former House Agriculture Committee ranking member Charlie Stenholm has passed away. Stenholm represented Texas' 17th district from 1979 to 2005 and had a hand in crafting numerous farm bills during his 26 years in Congress, serving as ranking member on the House Ag Committee from 1997 to 2005. A House Ag Subcommittee hearing reviewed animal agriculture stakeholder priorities. National Cattlemen's Beef Association President and South Dakota Cattleman Todd Wilkinson spoke in opposition of USDA's Packers and Stockers rules, saying it could open doors to lengthy litigation in the future. USDA's proposed forthcoming Packers and Stockers rules. Yet again, USDA is attempting to unilaterally expand its authority under the uh, Packers and Stockers Act. We've seen this same playbook employed by USDA several times over the past 15 years. If finalized, these rules would upend decades of innovation and livestock marketing agreements and open the door to frivolous lawsuits. Put simply, the rules empower trial lawyers to impose regulation by litigation. This is precisely why NCBA and the vast majority of livestock and poultry groups have opposed and continue to oppose these misguided regulations. New legislation would require that the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency use a more modern and accurate model to assess the carbon reductions from biofuels under the renewable fuel standard. National Corn Growers Director of Public Policy Kathy Berggren says removing this provision would allow corn ethanol as being categorized as an advanced biofuel. And that's a look at this week's farm news in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Microessentials from the Mosaic Company delivers better nutrient uptake using a patented fusion technology. What happens is we have this reaction with our phosphorus and with our elemental sulfur in that soil profile that gives us a 28 to 30 percent better nutrient, better phosphorus uptake with microessentials than what you do with, say, a MAP blend with sulfur with other products. Ask your local retailer about smarter crop nutrition with microessentials. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. Unless our corn exports pick up uh, appreciably, and I don't see that happening. The farmer is, at the moment, uh, just not engaging on the cash sales side. We traded as low as seventy-seven fifty-nine. This is the first time we've been lo- below $80 a barrel in uh, about seven weeks. Numbers are available anywhere, but when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. A look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. USDA's weekly crop progress report showed 65% of the corn nationwide had been planted, up from 49% the previous week and ahead of the 59% five-year average. The report showed 30% had emerged. Nationally, soybeans are 49% planted. That compares to 35% last week and the five-year average of 36%. 20% of the soybeans have emerged nationwide. Spring wheat is 40% planted, and that's up from 24% last week and 37% last year. Nationally, 13% of the spring wheat has emerged. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says weather last week in the Corn Belt slowed planting progress some. She had a sprawling storm that lasted much of the week and that really slowed down field work across the Great Plains and that did extend into the western Corn Belt. In those states, we still see some planting delays in the double digits for states like North Dakota. Just 5% of the corn planted by May 14th, five-year average 26%. Wisconsin, 33% planted. 
five-year average, 45%. University of Minnesota Extension Associate Professor in Agronomy and Plant Genetics Seth Nave says fields are still wet in southern Minnesota. We've had uh, anywhere from five to highest I've heard was 15 inches of rain over the, since last Monday. So um, pretty unusual bout of, bout of weather. And, uh, you know, it kind of st- stretches from, from a little bit west of here. Uh, the worst of it's kind of uh, south, southern Brown County, northern Watwan County. Uh, but it, this, this wet streak over the last week has gone all the way and uh, they got quite a bit of rain all the way over uh, towards Rochester. So, And U of M Extension Corn Agronomist Jeff Coulter says early tillage in wet fields could cause emergence issues. We're definitely behind on in terms of the calendar, but uh, when we look out at, you know, the countryside and we look at the trees and stuff and see how they're coming along, you know, we're really not that far behind based on what the weather is this year. But it is time to get the corn in now as soon as we can. I think a big thing for growers to remember is, is that it's important to wait to do any tillage until the soil is dry enough. Uh, One of the worst things that can happen is if we get out in the fields too early and do tillage when the soil is too wet, that can create clogs, compaction, and it can really cause problems with emergence. Temperatures are right for emergence. Oh, yeah, this is great uh, conditions for corn planting in emergence, these temperatures. Corn should be emerging about 10 to 12 days after planting, Um, so this is about ideal. South Dakota State University Extension State climatologist Laura Edwards says South Dakota received much-needed moisture this winter and spring to lighten the drought monitor. Over much of North Dakota, we've seen great improvement in central and eastern North Dakota and northeastern South Dakota with essentially no dry, no drought concerns at this moment, which I think is uh, in line with what we've been hearing from farmers across the region. Uh, A couple areas we're keeping an eye on is south central and kind of that whole southern tier of south dakota along the nebraska border rain shower activity the first week of the two-week outlook is expected to be favorable with enough rain to help in the driest areas but light enough and scattered enough to allow planting progress to continue this has been a look at weather this week in agriculture on the red river farm network A lot of companies talk about being local, but what does that really mean? This is Shane with iReinsurance, and for us, it means we grow up with you from your first car to the moment you take over the family farm or business. We go to all the same sporting events. We are there the first time your basement floods. At iReinsurance, we are local, and rest assured when you trust us with your home, farm, auto, and crop insurance, you know that you are being taken care of by a local neighbor that cares. Check us out on the web at iReinsurance.com to find a location and a local agent near you. Check out the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website. The Marshall County Farm Service Agency in Warren, Minnesota, has three program technician jobs available. The Ag Innovation Campus at Crookston has jobs posted. Recent listings also include American Crystal Sugar, AURI, RD Offutt Farms, and more. Find all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's at rrfn.com. 